Psalms 128. Psalm 128. We've been talking about faith the last couple of Sundays. We're going to continue the theme for a couple more Sundays. And uh, talking about faith, how to grow our faith. I uh, if there's one thing that I've learned over the years in watching kids is they never want to remain small. They always want to grow. They compare themselves. And uh, I do always think it's funny to watch because they try to find the smallest person in the room to compare themselves with. That they point out, poor Miss Rachel, she's been compared with many, 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 many. Picked on your husband this morning, it's kind of time for you now. And uh, so anyways, I... Uh, it's funny because, you know, we look at it and you go, wait a second, they, they always want to grow. Well, I'm going to give you a challenge tonight. As, as we've been talking about faith, it's time for us to grow. We don't want to remain little. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my relationship and my walk with the Lord. And, uh, and that uh, we would grow in, in that, uh, uh, that relationship. And God has dealt a measure of faith to every person. The Bible says faith is a premium in the kingdom of God. If we want to please God, the Bible says we must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So uh, I don't know anything that would take more faith than to be a father, to be the man that God wants you to be. Now, moms go, now wait a second, preacher, be nice now. So here we go. Let me let me just have some fun with them for a little bit. And I'll probably reference Dad several times. I know I will as the message is, is written. But I want you to see a couple of things. Remember several years ago, <coughs> excuse me, when um, uh, quiche was discovered by Texans. And somebody said, real men don't eat quiche. Well, the Bible says a lot about what a real man is and this psalm has a lot to say about real men, and somebody has, has well said that you can be born a male, but it takes maturity to be a man. It takes maturity to be a man. Somebody else has said that you can only be young once, but immaturity can last forever. Thank you, Miss Michelle. Joshua said, as for me in my house. Joshua said, as for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. I think that's what a real man is, is somebody who can make the statement and stick to it. That stick to itiveness, that, that, that desire. Someone uh, was visiting a little village and they asked a question. Have you had any famous men who were born here? The answer was no. No, only babies. See, because great men are not born, they're made. Great men are not born, they're, they're made. And so Psalm 128, I want you to notice with me. Let's take a peek and see what the scripture says. It said, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. 
all of a sudden you go to pastor that doesn't sound like a lot of faith built in there well hang in there for a minute with me if you would let me help you when you buy a refrigerator everybody likes the refrigerator in their in their in their house and when you buy a refrigerator you get a manual for the refrigerator you buy a stereo you get a manual for the stereo if you buy a grill you get instructions on how to put the grill together there are an awful lot of men that don't read any of those if you buy anything of that nature you're going to get some kind of manual either how to put it together or how to maintain it and everything comes with instructions and usually when you pick that up I always think it's funny in several different languages let's see how many different languages we can put on it and all written out for you just to read it and know how to operate it and if it breaks to know how to fix it I think it's kind of funny now that some of those manuals come and they don't even have words in them anymore they're just pictures they're pictures it's like saying hey you couldn't deal with the words so I'm gonna make it simpler for you we're gonna put pictures if you can follow our pictures you got problem I, I'm not real sure on that but the trouble is when you become a dad a father a husband I'll even pick on wives and mothers and I'll say say it that way the problem is you don't get an owner's manual you don't get an owner's manual my goodness I so wish that somebody would give me an owner's manual to help me out with Heather I probably would have been was that I probably would have been you better let me finish my statement I probably would have been too arrogant and too foolish to have read it she can she knows me I probably would have done that I probably wouldn't have dug in, dug in and read it to figure out what I should have been figuring out a long time ago it's really kind of interesting because we look and you go well we don't we don't have those owner's manuals it's the owner's manual uh, you look and you say how what do I need to have the owner's manual on how to live life well you have it if you've got your Bible in your hands you have God's owner's manual in your hands now remember what I just said though there's a key word in that there's an ownership there's an ownership see he is the owner the owner's manual if I don't get the ownership right I don't get anything else right because he's the owner if I don't follow by his rules then I miss the whole thing I miss the the, the picture altogether and so as we're jumping in and, and uh, the trouble is so often one of the things we need to understand is that God made men and women different men and women differently and he made our roles different he, I don't care what culture has to say God says he made man and he made woman and he made them right from the very beginning he knows he said from the beginning you were fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb God knows you what a beautiful picture to say from the very beginning God knew God knows I had somebody say not too long ago they said well I waited to name my child until they were older because I wanted them to know whether it was a boy or a girl I was letting them decide that was the statement they made and I went wait a minute do you not know look at them when they go potty there you go settled it when you change their diapers settled it God took care of that right in the womb long before that nine months there it is 
when the doctor looks in there with that, 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 that imaging equipment. And now they have some really cool imaging equipment. They got 3D stuff. They can look in that heart and see all four valves of the heart going, Ooh, and it's just so neat. It is so neat. And you look and you say, you can see, and they can see all of those neat things going on inside the body. And then they say, it's a little boy or it's a little girl. There's no in-between. God said, that's the way I made you. That's the way I made you. God's made men and women different. Not only has he made us different, he, he made our roles different. One of the challenges of our culture in which we live is to understand that God made us differently because God wanted things to be that way. He had a reason for doing it. People magazine some time ago, they were interviewing young people and they asked the, this young teenage girl if Michael Jackson was a boy or a girl. She said, I think he's both. That's the problem. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion about the sexes though. Dr. Joyce Brothers, psychologist and psychiatrist said this, are men and women really so different? They are, they really are. She said this, she said, I spent months talking to biologists, neurologists, geneticists, research psychiatrists, and I discovered that men are more different from women than I had known. Their bodies are different, their minds are different, men are different from the very composition of their blood to the way their brains develop, which means they think and experience life differently from women. It has almost become an article of faith to, in recent years to maintain that there are no significant differences between the sexes apart from the obvious difference, but the fact is that there are more important differences than being male and female reproductive organs. Matter of fact, I would do this. I, I could pick on the husband. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to get there. Doctor, uh, this is another one of them great doctor. Paul Pompano said this. He said, men and women different in every cell of their bodies. The difference in the chromosome, chromosome combination is the basic cause of development. Women have greater constitution vitality. Normally they outlive us by three or four years. Women's blood contains more water, 20% fewer red cells, and supply oxygen to the body cells. She tires more easily, is more prone to faint. Her constitution vitality is therefore strictly a larger range matter. When working with days in British factories under the wartime conditions were increased 10 to 12 house. Um, Accidents of women increased 150%, but in men, not at all. Why? Because there's a difference between men and women. There's a difference. Now, having said it all that, God said it a long time ago. In the beginning, God created them, male and female. That's back in Genesis. Now, you look at your pastor, you're, you're picking on it, but you know what? It's real in our culture right now. Right now. Gloria Steinham, modern author of the feminist movement, had something else to say quite differently. She said that we're human beings first with minor differences from men that apply largely to, to, act, uh, to the act of reproduction. The only functional difference between men and women is a woman's ability to give birth. Therefore, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. The lady's crazy. I'll just help you with that. You know, God has a lot to say in his word to that. God has a lot to say in respect to the whole of a man and the role of a woman and the way a man is constituted and the way a, man, a woman is. And So as we look in this psalm, I want to see what God says 
three things. Three things for us, for men, uh, for every father of, of faith, uh, to have a faithful walk. He says in verse 1, blessed is everyone that what? Fears the Lord. Begins with a relationship with an almighty God. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. You know, it's a, a, amazing to me that the number of folks that, that don't have a walk with the Lord. I, I was uh, teasing. Um, I, I, I had the privilege to do an inspection. And, uh, and I always joke about the different areas of town I get to work in. This one up in Cardington in an in a, uh, in a, in a, uh, apartment complex. And I had this little guy come up. I, I say little guy. He's not that little, but he's, he was about 12. And he come up and told me he was going to mug me for my drone while it was flying in the air. I told him I was tired. Uh, so please forgive me if I say something that, that you go, that, my pastor shouldn't say that, but here you go. I'll give it to you. And uh, I looked at him. I got my hands on the joystick. I'm flying the thing. And I looked at him, and I gave him one of those reallys. And then I'm still flying. And he goes, yes, really. And I said, well, pal, let me help you with something. I'm too tired to fight you. I'm just too tired to fight you. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bring it back. And I was getting ready to be done. I still needed to do one more pass. And so I'm talking with him, and I'm doing what I need to. And I'm bringing that thing, and I'm flying it across. Just as fast as it'll go. It was fun. I like flying that thing that way. And it comes, and he goes, whoa, as it's going by us. And uh, it comes through, and I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. When I'm done, I'm going to bring it back here. I'm going to land it down right here. And I'll tell you what, you bug me for it, and you can have my drone. Sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? And I said, but, I had to finish my phrase. I said, but, I'm going to tell you right now, you're only going to get about 10 steps, and then I'm going to drop you. It's all going to be over. That thing costs way too much. I'm not giving up my drone. And he says, drop you? What do you mean, drop you? And I said, like you're going to meet Jesus kind of drop you. Now, I don't think this was necessarily would be considered evangelism. Let's be honest. I said that, and the boy looked at me, and he goes, I'm not sure that I'm going to meet Jesus. I said, trust me. God's word says that if I take you out that way, you're going to meet him. He kind of looked at me and goes, I'm still not sure. And I said, I don't think you want to find out that way. Maybe another way would be better. He goes, yeah, maybe. I was like, whew, I was afraid for a minute. I've seen some 12-year-olds that might push your buttons long enough to keep that going for a little bit. And I showed him my monitor, and we had some fun, and the two of us kind of giggled while we were landing that thing. And I brought it over and scared him because I flew it real close to him. <laughs> Has a way of picking on people. I don't know anybody that would do that. But, you know, that little guy, I just thought it was just so funny because, you know, as you look and you say, wait a second here, where does it begin? Where does our relationship begin? You look there in our text, and it tells us, he said, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. Not somebody that's walking outside his ways. Not somebody that says, well, I know his ways, but I'm not going to be obedient to them. It's not somebody that says, well, I know his ways, and I've been to church, and I know one or two or three of them, and I don't know. It's not somebody that, that comes around and says, you know what, I, 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 I don't know what the Bible says. Pastor, wait a second here. No, see, there's one thing I've learned about folks who are growing in their faith is, that is they are continually learning what God has to say. 
when we are continually learning what God has to say, then I can't say, well, it doesn't matter. Let me pick on one I know everybody knows in here. Maybe I should have you fill in the blank and I get four or five answers. Because I could go, thou shall not. And there are several answers that just came to mind. They're all found in Exodus 20. Some of you said, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not. And I could finish walking through the list. And some of you said, yeah, I had that one. I had that one. Now, let me ask you, are you listening to each one of those? Pastor, what do you mean? Well, when it says thou shalt not lie, are you still lying? Then you're not listening to what God has to say. That matter of fact, that's doing just the opposite of what God has to say, and that's being disobedient. And that's something that we're supposed to come before God and confess, because that's sin. God's holy. And he says, be holy as he is holy. See, we can walk through those others, and you say, I know those. Well, then I need to walk in his ways. See, there's an awful lot of us that we could go, well, let's start naming some of those other things that you know that you're supposed to do. I read a book several years ago, and it warped me terrible because it really made me think about the fact that if I just did what I know, what I know, the, the parts of the Bible that I, that I know, that, that I could sit down and right now open a, a, a notepad and write down what I know, if I just did that, how much would my life change? I had to think about it a little bit, and I, the book that was, as the book challenged me, I know that, that all of a sudden it made me go, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Because you know what? It was greater than I was really prepared for. It was a bigger turn than what I even really acknowledged in my own life. And what a tremendous, and, and actually the author said that it would be at least a three-degree turn. I felt like looking at it as I was going down through and what I know of my Bible and what I've heard others preach and what I've heard teachers teach. And I started writing some of those things down and realized I'm in a lot of trouble because I'm not obeying what I know. You know, it's time that you and I begin to realize that we've got to obey what we know. That's walking in his ways. Doing the things that we know. See, I know that Miss Miss Heather teaches, and and, and she goes through in Sunday school, or uh, maybe in the evening afterward when she's asking questions. And and I know that you've been in here and you've learned a lot of things. And I know that we all can go through. And some of us have been saved and been in church so long that that we've forgotten a lot of things. We've forgotten a few things, and we're going, oh. But if we just let God do the things we know. We said, God, I'm ready to do those things that I know. Now, I'd ask you, maybe give you another little further challenge on that. Maybe to sit down and write that list sometime. But how about if you wrote that list and then you started writing those things that you go, ooh, I need to write another one down. I learned this today when I was reading my Bible. 
I need your. I wrote this down while I was reading my Bible. I, uh, I've been reading a book dealing with Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. I love that portion of Scripture. When the bones start coming together, that is an image that just warps my mind to see the, the Ezekiel preach over a, a field and the bones start coming together and they come alive. Somebody says, whew, TV has nothing on the Bible. I just say that again. I mean, that's, that's simple. TV doesn't have nothing on the Bible. On Wednesday night, we were talking in the, in the book of Judges. We were walking through, we've been walking through the book of Judges and in Gideon's life alone, Poor Bethany down here goes, there's an awful lot of murdering going on. TV ain't got nothing on Gideon, do they? Not a thing, not even close. Not even close as we're walking through those judges and you go, wait a minute. When you look in Ezekiel, you go, TV doesn't have nothing on Ezekiel. And what God was doing and as God was, was speaking. And we look in this portion of scripture and he tells us here. He said, blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. Now that's not to be scared of, by the way. That is a respectful fear. That is a respectful fear. Let me let me illustrate that one before I run from this any further. And that is uh, that's a, a respectful fear. See, I, I I might as well pick on RJ. I picked on him earlier. I need to come back to him tonight. I pick on RJ. RJ and I. RJ's worked with me a couple of times in different situations. RJ has figured out the preacher. He has a healthy fear of the preacher working with me. He knows to stay longer than the longest tool handle I have. I will reach out and get him. I am not. I will pick on people that way. I don't have problem. I will get you with that. Might even slide it on the floor just to make you jump even more. Just to be ornery. Yes, that would be me. RJ has a healthy fear. He sees the shovel handle coming around. He goes, whoo! And he ducks. That's a healthy fear. You know why? Because if he doesn't duck and that shovel handle keeps coming, it goes thong in the back of the head. And you know what? That would not be good. RJ knows it. I see that shovel. Whoop! Let that thing go by. That's a healthy fear. Now, if he had a fear of working with a preacher, he'd run and he wouldn't be willing to work with me. If he was scared of me. RJ's not scared of me. He knows that I wouldn't actually whack him with the shovel handle on purpose. Careful. Maybe one or time, once or twice. No. But there's a difference. A healthy fear we ought to have of who our God is. See, somebody says this. Can, can God take me out of this world at any moment and any time? He sure can. He sure can. He, doesn't, he has a desire for you to serve him, obey him, love, honor him. He has that desire for you and I. And when we are of no value, I believe that's when he says, Whew, time for you to exit this world. I don't know about you, but I don't want to exit this world the wrong way. I don't want to exit this world with my pride being a problem. I got enough of that trouble already. I'm sure I'm gonna have. I'm sure he's gonna, there's part of it. He's gonna say, Pat, you got you, you got some help here. You need. 
But you know what? When we get to heaven, I can't wait. And the question is, is if it were to take place today, today, could we say that, you know, I've got a healthy fear of the Lord. I am walking in his ways. A healthy fear. I'm walking in his ways. So it's ways that I know. And he says, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. See, we've got to be fruitful in our work. See, the next verse tells us that the labor of our hands, we be happy that thou shalt be, uh, uh, shalt thou, thou be, and it shall be well with thee. See, is it all going to be suffering? Is it all going to be climbing uphill? That's, the Bible doesn't say it's all going to be a miserable life. Let me help you with that. That's, that's, matter of fact, he tells us just the opposite. He said that we'll be happy. God's plan uh, for us to, to do three things. Dads, here you go. Three things to toss them to you. Number one, provide for your family. You, you look and you go, there's, there's the, the simple one. Secondly, we're to be a protector of our family. And the third thing is, is, is that we're to be a father of faith. We're to provide, we're to protect, and we're to be a, a, a faithful one for, for, our, for our family. Give it simple to you like that because I go, man, I'd preach about four days if I preached just that sermon there alone. But I want you to notice that as a father of faith, as a person of faith, you realize that we'll have a future. And you're ready, it's a future of wealth. It's a future of wealth. See, God's promised us some future wealth. And it's going to be worth it. The wealth is that, that God's promised us it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I've always thought it interesting because you walk through, and if we spend a lot of time walking through the scriptures, everybody goes, well, you, you would think that, that the pastor's saying that everybody's going to be, everybody's kids are going to be all right. That's not true. That's not true. We're going to have some folks that are stubborn. We're going to have some, some kids that are stubborn. We're going to have some kids that are going to be challenging as we raise them up, moms and dads. We're going to have some kids that are just going to say no to what God wants in their life. And remember, they have a free will just like we did. And by the way, be careful when you look in the mirror because they might look a lot like us in more ways than we want to admit. But don't ever forget that he's made a promise that there's a day. There's a day. I think it's interesting to walk through and to look at this portion of Scripture and see as he tells us that we're to be fruitful. Verse number four, Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the, the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. I get down there to, to verse number four, and he says that thou shalt be a man that thou, thou shalt uh, that thus shall shall the man be blessed that fears the Lord. Isn't it interesting? Hmm. In all of my notes up here, 
and I left them long enough ago, we're not going back to them. And all of my notes up here, I have a set of statistics that I really, I thought was rather interesting. Poor Sammy would fall asleep as I gave them to her, and I wouldn't blame him. And it goes like this. People who choose to follow the Lord live longer. They live longer. You say, oh, preacher, how do you know that? Here, watch this. Let's have some fun. Who lives longer? The person who follows, their, follows the Lord all their life without ever smoking. Who's going to live longer? The person that follows the Lord never smokes or the person that goes out smoking? Probably going to die in the, exactly their lungs. All right? I don't have to give you the statistics, but it's absolutely astronomical that the people who smoke, guess what? They get lung cancer. Like 97% greater than those who don't. <laughs> Amazing. How about this one? What about those things that deal with the liver? That might be drinking, right? Hmm. Who lives longer? The person who never touches the stuff or the person, eh, let's, let's, I'm going to obey God and not touch it. I'm going to leave that stuff alone. checked in right the one that never touches it all right we got that figured out who's gonna live longer who's gonna live longer we might as well pick on another one that's a whole lot of fun who's gonna live longer the person who steals or the person who doesn't <laughs> man it become uniform in here the person who doesn't and then i heard somebody say because the other one will get shot that's what I heard. Boy, somebody actually said that over here. Somebody gets shot. All right, there it is. And that's probably true. That's probably true. How about who lives longer? This one's always kind of fun. Who lives longer? The couple who obey the Lord? Or the couple who do not? It's kind of a given because the preacher's giving it to you pretty simple. But yes, it's the couple that obeys the Lord. Do you know that they're more likely to live up to 20 years longer? Do you know the couple that obeys the, the Lord will also, the, the average of those that obey the Lord, the average, this is really cool, the average time that they're married is 45% longer than those who know not the Lord. That's still too low, to be quite honest. But that's really cool. In other words, they don't get divorced because they're honoring God. They don't walk out on each other. And when they say, God, I do, when they stand at an altar and say, God, I do, they mean it till death do us part. It's amazing the number of people don't mean that when they say it. You realize God says, don't make a promise if you don't intend to keep it. Don't, don't go down that road. Don't even get, whoa! Don't get there. Matter of fact, don't even say I do if you don't intend to keep it. For all the days of your life. See, that's what that promise is when you stand there to do that. make a lot of jokes about that. 
and all the adults would get it and all the kids would go, oh, please, preacher. But you know what? The reality is those who obey, obey the Lord. And then I want to ask you, when is God done using you? That's a good question. It is. You know why? Because when I pick up my Bible, Moses was leading the children of Israel at age 80. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when I pick up my Bible and I start reading about a guy by the name of Abraham to go to the land that I'll show thee of, he was in his 70s. I am guilty as everybody and many times have thought that these guys were young, that they were kids. And you know what the reality is? <laughs> 70 and 80 are not young. Can you imagine God taking and going, whoop, let's take a curveball right now. Go to the land I showed the uh, Abraham. Take your family and go. Amen. You know what? That's the obedience that God desires. That's the obedience that he says when we're walking in his ways, we'll be willing to do, willing to go. And when we sing the song that says, where he leads me, I will follow, that we'll be willing to go. We'll be willing to go. As he gives that direction. As he gives the path. See that lamp? When we sing that song, I have a different picture than some of you have in your mind. I remember, some of the folks in this, in this room remember what a little lamp it really is. Not a flashlight. Man, I got a flashlight right now. It'll light up. It could go dark in here, and my flashlight will light this room up. And, and you'll feel like you're sitting in the middle of the day when I hit that flashlight. Matter of fact, you might even would rather sit in the dark than sit in my flashlight. It's just that bright. But I remember those little lamps. It was like having a candle, just a single little candle. And when you think in that old, of the Old Testament, and you think of those, it's like that little lamp. That lamp that's like one single little candle. And you can't see clear across the room with it. Your eyes will adjust, you'll be able to see, but you'll still stub your toe as you go around. But when the scripture says there when we were singing a little while ago, Psalm 119, 105, Thy word, God's Bible, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's like taking that lamp and, and getting it down here close to my feet. And I want to make sure that I'm not going to trip over anything. See, I can pick on Janaea. She can't walk through our kitchen without stubbing her toe. And that's in a broad daylight. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. She walks in her kitchen, bam, ow. Every time she comes in the kitchen, bam, ow. I'm like, Danae, did you kick the table again? Yes. It hasn't moved. It's been there the whole time. That little lamp was to do what? To keep you from going, ow. It's to do what? It's to guide your path so you know the direction. See, the scary part about walking through our house is there's too many of you kids that are in there. Too many of you kids in there. There's that play area that has all those toys. But you know what's funny is, is where all those toys are, it's like 
there's dynamite over there in the corner. And it goes boom, and it's everywhere. You grandparents know what I'm talking about. It's everywhere. Those toys are here and there and everywhere, and if I had to walk through the house without a light on, I'm afraid. I want me a light. I want a light that'll show me that G.I. Joe figure that has that sword sticking straight up. I want, I want to know when the Lego is coming. I want to know. I want to know. And I go on and on on the different toys that are there because the corner blew up. I want to know. And you know the scripture tells us there, thy word is a lamp and it shows us that path so that we don't stumble and fall. It's a lamp unto thy feet and a, a light unto my path. It gives us the direction. So the first thing we've got to do is remember to get back in the authority of the Word of God. We've got to jump on and hang on and say, yes, Lord, when you speak, I'll change. When you speak, I'll change. So then, Lord, here I am. So what is it that verse number one told us again? Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord, that walks in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hand, Happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. It'll be well. I'd ask us, have we dealt with the things we know we need to deal with in our life? With Almighty God. Paul says there's a sin that doth so easily beset us. If I confessed it lately. If I said, Lord, here it is, then I'm willing to say, Lord, forgive me. Agree with God and confess it. Admit, believe, and confess. That's the gospel, isn't it? God, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you. God, I know that I have sinned in this area. I need to confess it. That's the essence of what John teaches us in 1 John. So I challenge you, that area. Speaking to your heart, maybe he's speaking to mine. And it's time for us to bring it before him. Will we do so? Will we do so today? Let's pray together. Father God, I ask that you would help each one of us. Lord, that we would take your word and realize, Lord, that you are seeking to make change in our lives. That you are seeking to make us men and women that we ought to be the young men and young ladies that we ought to be Father to know that you're not finished with us God you're still working on us to make you what ought to be help us Lord Jesus and then Lord may we see with eyes like you see May we see with the heart that you see. Needy people needing a touch from you. 
those things that we need to confess, that we need to talk with you about today, may we take care of it today. Not put it off for another time, but take care of it today. Father, we pray these things in your name.